Christian thinking, we tend to hold prophets in an air of mystery, as if they have some rare and inexplicable power that we really can't know what to do with. Yet we know that God has used prophets throughout history, with a large variety of prophets being found in the Old Testament. And as we come to the New Testament and start looking towards the life of the church, we are presented with this question of where do prophets fit in? In the New Testament, we hear of teachers and prophets serving as leaders in the church, but where are prophets today and how would their role be clearly distinguished from other positions within the church? In this message, we will examine John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 and the Holy Spirit's role in the priesthood of all believers. Welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure produced by clergy in the Church of the Nazarene. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and here with me in the studio is... Pastor Anthony Alegria. And today we're going to be giving another message in our series, The Adventure of Holiness. And now in our upcoming message, we'll be looking at the adventure that John the Baptist truly has. But for today, we really want to take an examination on John as a prophet and what it means for there to be prophets in the church. Because it's a very intriguing question to ask, where are the prophets in the church? And let's begin by discussing a little bit about what prophets are exactly. Prophets have been throughout the history of the people of God, the mouthpiece of God. And whenever we look through the Old Testament, we see prophets working signs and wonders, giving messages to nations that forecast both hope and destruction. Often their messages are perplexing and apocalyptic, and sometimes we find that it takes years and generations to understand how a prophetic message might actually play out in reality. We see people like Moses, who will never really make it into the Promised Land. We see those moments leading up to the Babylonian exile, all those hints and precursors suggesting something is going to happen, and yet it is going to take several generations before the people of God figure out how to put themselves back together. Oftentimes we see prophetic messages telling people to repent and go back towards God, but sometimes they take on very different roles. We see prophets like Jonah who, when they see people turn their hearts in a faraway city, he starts to question why the people at home wouldn't do the same thing. But nonetheless, we see prophets having an interesting role in the kingdom of God, and they are something that is worth our conversation. Prophets have traditionally been given messages on the edge of society, and that's something interesting to think about. Oftentimes we emphasize John the Baptist's look and his apparel, but really if we look at prophets throughout the Old Testament, we'll see that they really are from the edge of society, giving messages towards those that have ungodly features. They would look to society and criticize the ungodly features that became regular facets of open society. Prophets would often behave and dress in ways that were, well, complementary to their ecstatic and eccentric personalities that many of them had. Prophets would oftentimes look to a power of the world that was ungodly. It was doing something which was against God's design for humanity. Or maybe it was just against what was appropriate Jewish custom, and sometimes it was outside of Jewish custom, like Jonah going to Nineveh. But nonetheless, whenever people were doing something ungodly, whether it be a few people or a large force or perhaps an entire culture, the prophets come to point people back towards God. And on occasion, we see them working signs and wonders, such as Moses before Pharaoh. But there were times when the, prophet, the prophets didn't really perform many strange acts. They were just commonly people who come along with a eccentric message and perhaps a few eccentric mannerisms. But yet, as we look to where we are now in the church, as Christ Jesus came to us in human form, something about mankind's relationship to God has changed. Something was changing with the ministry of Christ Jesus. And ultimately, with the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, and all mankind found that there was a new opportunity. 
all of mankind, regardless of their heritage or position, would have an opportunity to serve in God's kingdom. Moreover, once the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, it would come to fall and rest on the believers, and everyone would have an opportunity in this role of prophet. Christians would find that they are all called to participate in a priesthood of believers, and all believers would be given gifts and graces, and at times they may be called to do on the work that we had previously reserved only for prophets. Anyone might be called to be a representative or a mouthpiece of God after the Holy Spirit came to fall. The church experienced a shift from a charismatic prophet to a hierarchy of leaders that would embody the essential characteristic of a prophet. And when you think of a prophet, really we should be thinking of the mouthpiece of God. The word prophet itself is connected to a mouthpiece, especially if you're looking at the Hebrew. Furthermore, with the Holy Spirit living and on all believers, as it fell on that day of Pentecost, all could be called to represent God and to speak to the grace of God. And as we study Matthew, I want us to look at a moment in Scripture where we can see the role of the prophet shifting. As we go to Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to read the first three verses, you actually get two examples of prophets and how they, well, how they were used in Jewish culture and how they influenced the gospel. So, Pastor Anthony, would you read for us the first three verses of Matthew chapter 3? In those days John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, if we're looking to the word prophetes in Greek, it indicates a person who speaks for a god. It speaks for some divine power. And rather than exclusively forecasting future events, the role of the prophet is simply to be a spokesperson on the account of a divine authority. Oftentimes we think prophets and we always think doom and gloom, maybe they're, they're foreshadowing something in the future, but many times they were just to give a message of some divine authority. Furthermore, a prophet serves to interpret the divine will for mankind. They have this role where they are not just called to give the message, but also give a little bit of application along with it so that people can do something meaningful with it. The prophet is the spokesperson and the interpreter of divine revelation. The prophet is the one through whom God speaks to the earthly audience, and the prophet is a representative and mouthpiece of that deity. When we look throughout the history of the people of God, the one true God who created the universe and spoke creation into be, we find that God has been calling people to be his representatives on earth and to be his mouthpiece for quite some time. And in the early church, prophets served a role. They actually held a position of leadership. But as time would go on, the role of the prophet diminished, and it kind of narrowed to the point where it was simply divine giving messages that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when I say messages, it's really more to, of an utterance. I don't think you could really say they're a more complete message because as time would go on and the role of the prophet would get narrower and narrower, it would kind of get a little bit smaller, the role kind of shifted away from its grand scheping grandeur that was found in the Old Testament. Prophets in the early church moved away from teaching and performing miracles in a way that new roles would have. Teachers, bishops, priests, or as we may call them, presbyters, and evangelists were doing things that in the past were more reserved for a prophet. Even deacons and lay people, they were serving in roles that people in the past may not have ever done before. And in this selection of Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 3, 
We see two aspects of the prophet and we can see a transitioning shift happen even between those two. Within this, we find the Old Testament prophet being referenced here. And again, the Old Testament prophet is an instrument of scripture. And the name of the prophet is being invoked so that the scripture can be brought. We can see John referring back to this and we see this whole message of the kingdom of the Lord, it is coming, the kingdom of God, there is a change happening with God's kingdom. We see that happening and then we also see, coupled in it with the gospel, this scripture giving us some framework to where we see it. The name of the, the Old Testament prophet is used as an instrument of bringing scripture into relevancy for those here in this audience. But yet we do have an active prophet who is here within this text as well. John is giving an active message about the coming of a new era, and the application of John's message will make a landing in reality in just a few verses. John's message is not one of a far distant future, and even as John is speaking, Christ Jesus is already walking on the face of the earth. The truth of John's prophecy is not far away. Furthermore, the role of the prophet that we see John serving is changing, even as John is making these statements. John will not have to wait like the prophets of old for future generations to hear the hope of his prophecy. He's not like a prophet anticipating the end to a tyrannical rule such as Babylon. Moses, who would have waited to enter the promised land and realized that he was not going to, but instead, John and his audience would see Christ Jesus in just a few moments. And for those of us reading through Matthew chapter 3, we find it in just a few verses. And while there would still be the use for the Old Testament prophets, even if they have long passed, John himself is still used, even as he too has long fell asleep in the Lord. The Old Testament prophet, which was used for Scripture, and John himself are, again, being used in Scripture, and we learn about the nature of God as we read through their texts. But yet something is changing as the world brings in this new era where it has hope in Christ Jesus, as there is a new life that is available to us, we find that something has changed by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. So a logical question that you might ask is, how and why has the role of the prophet diminished? Well, with the events of the gospel changing humanity's relationship to God, the church is taking on a new form that is distinct from its Jewish roots. And the hierarchy of the church, while it is a fulfillment of its Jewish roots, it is a little distinct. It would not come to abolish and remove all of its Jewish roots, but similarly to how Jesus comes to fulfill the law, he doesn't come to abolish and erase it, the church took a lot of elements of Jewish culture and how the Jewish synagogues would work, and it took them a next step. They took on a new form as they transitioned into something a little different. The church was to have a priesthood of all believers. And while all Christians may not occupy a recognized office within the church, they might just be a lay person, they would still find that it is onerous on them to arrange their character so that they can carry out Christ-like duties whenever necessary. And as the ministry of Jesus unfolded in the gospel, we find that he is giving authority to those around him. He's starting to send out his disciples. And even as people, they hear the power and the name of Jesus, they don't yet understand what it is. Still, even the most unsuspecting people in society go to other towns to proclaim of Jesus, and Jesus' nature is revealed piece by piece to the world. This idea that there is a priesthood of all believers and this idea that there is even a, a prophetness that is found throughout all believers is something which is intrinsic to the church. No longer will there be a priesthood that is exclusive on the basis of birth circumstances, but instead all believers are giving some amount of priest-like responsibility even if they are just to be upstanding lay people. 
You see, in the time of Jesus, you have things like Sadducees, you have Pharisees, there are the Levites. In order to actually carry out priestly duties or to be some sort of religious leader, a lot of times people had to be born into the right tribe. And even then, you might have to go through some sort of casting of lots or something maybe drawn where you would get to have an opportunity. Just being in the right tribe may not be enough. You might need to be one of the, the earlier born. You might need to be someone who has an influential family. Just being in the right tribe isn't even enough in the world before Christ. The idea that there would be a priesthood of all people is something which would just be unheard of in the moments before Jesus. But yet, after Jesus goes to the cross, dies, and is resurrected, we find that the church is given a new responsibility. All of its members, all of those who confess Jesus as Lord, are given a new responsibility. And prophets in the early church, they were part of this. Prophets served a role of church leadership. However, while they did serve a role in the very early church, as time would go on, the role of the prophet would diminish. And it would start off by being reduced simply down to providing messages that were still somewhat ecstatic. Maybe the, the prophet or prophetess would be a little eccentric. But as time went on, things got a little bit more structured in the church. And those responsibilities of representing God and giving a message, it would take on a more official and a little bit more, well, less eccentric, I guess we could say, form than it had before. In the early church, we often find women being prophetesses. And they were influential Christian leaders, and this was a way of helping the church as it moved towards a more structured form. But as time would go on, the prophets in the early church moved away from teaching and performing miracles, and others started taking these roles. Teachers, bishops, priests, or presbyters, deacons, deaconesses, and evangelists were all doing the job of teaching and preaching and performing miracles and doing the pastoral things, going out and giving messages to others. And even those who were lay people would find that with the Holy Spirit, there would be times where they would be called as well to enact some of these roles. Whenever the member of the clergy were not around, if perhaps someone could not find a pastor, there would be times where upstanding Christians would just step in to do the duties of Christian ministry. This would include sometimes doing great signs and wonders, some of the mysterious things which go on. Yet, other times, they would be clearly understood signs that were just wondrous signs of God's grace transforming believers to live as Christ taught. So where have the prophets gone? If we look around ourselves, we look and find them in the church. We are to be the representatives of God that speak to His nature. The church must be instrumental in bringing God's holiness to the world around us. The ancient prophets would position themselves outside of society to criticize the ungodly powers. But in the church, we are all called to look at the things of the world which are ungodly and unrighteous, and we are to work against them. Now, this doesn't mean that we criticize things for the sake of criticism or we be negative because we like to, but it means as the church, we are to stand up for the holy gospel and to move people away from the chaos of sin and help them come towards the holiness of God. The prophets of old, they didn't criticize because they enjoyed being negative, but they were firmly convicted to stand up to the ungodly forces that sought to rob the world of the hope and peace that could only be found in a holy relationship with God. And when I say look around yourself, I'm not really demanding that you find people who declare themselves to be prophets. I get that there exist people in the modern age who have the title prophet or they, they claim the title prophet, and I'm not here to render any sort of judgment on things of that nature. I'm just here to say that when we look around the church, we should see a priesthood of believers where everybody 
has this responsibility of living and representing God, where we are to be the ministers that we are all called to be, whether we're someone with an actual title, such as being a pastor, or we're just an upright lay person who is convicted by the Holy Spirit. And we must realize that as the Holy Spirit comes to grace us, that we all are given these wonderful responsibilities to speak to the nature of God whenever is possible. And that really is the answer to the question of where are the prophets in the church? Well, with that, I think we'll wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts, Anthony, before we close? Yeah, I would just say that, um, you know, a key to this or a thing to take home is that a prophet is a mouthpiece of God. And I think within the life of the Christian, um, or at least I should say within the body of Christ, the church, there are so many people serving in that role so frequently that it's sort of hard for us to set them aside and say, okay, this yeah. is a prophet. Because so many people serve uh, as a prophet for a time, or maybe they do it very frequently. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to say that they're different amongst the body of Christ, amongst Christians. We all have a relationship with Christ. And so there are times whenever um, we have to speak to our brothers and sisters on behalf of God. And beyond that also, I think that the Bible shows us many of the prophets who were huge leaders of great movements, while um, there were many more than that. There were many prophets who were very much like what we would consider everyday pastors. They taught at the synagogue and things like that, um, <clears throat> serving in that role of being the mouthpiece of God. Uh, just to give a message in a synagogue on behalf of God would be uh, a prophet's duties. And so that is, um, so whenever we think of a prophet, we sort of think of this like image of some like grand leader and things like that. And there were many uh, grand leaders who were prophets, but um, they're not always just these massive, huge figures of history. And beyond that, I would say that in Christianity, you could actually see some of these grand leaders in our history as well. You know, who comes to my mind first would probably be Martin Luther. If we use the same language as back then, we probably would call Martin Luther to be a very great, powerful prophet. All righty. And with that, I hope that you have a, a blessed day. God love you.